Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl Hello family. and welcome back to the Keith Cheggers podcast. Or welcome if you've never listened before. Welcome. Um, hi, welcome. Uh, I'm Hannah Norris. I'm your host and I'm here with my husband. Carl Donnelly. And we... Co-host. Co-host, yeah. And we are um, in Australia. Yes, we're in Adelaide. Yes. Uh, has Adelaide got a nickname in Australia? Sadelaide. Oh, is it? Radelaide. Radelaide. There's worse ones, but I can't remember what they are. Um, but it's, it's, it's warm, it's hot. It is warm. We have got a window open, so there's a bit of car passing noise. Yeah. Um, Compared to the beach sounds that we've just been near for the past couple of days. Um, And this is episode 20 of the Keith Checkers podcast. So if if, if this is your first episode, go back. There's a lot of listening to do because we have been tracing my pregnancy from week six and we are now at week 25 of the pregnancy. Um, And that's what this podcast is about. It's about pregnancy because when I found out that I was pregnant, um, I realized I didn't know anything and so started talking to people about it. So we often have guests on this on this show, but this week it's just me and Carl here just in us Adelaide. In an Airbnb. Yeah. But we do know people in Australia, so there will be guests in the coming weeks. Yes. Um but pending uh coronavirus lockdown. Yeah, we can st- could we do yeah, pending that. We should yeah, we should I mean I imagine if you know we go into full quarantine we probably shouldn't be visiting people <laughs> while yeah. we're pregnant. We can, we can, yeah, so there might just be us then for yeah. the rest of the time. We'll work it out as yeah. the pandemic <laughs> continues. Well, I did, like, yesterday, I basically thought I had coronavirus. Yeah, you were convinced. Yeah. We drove to, whether we went from Port Ferry to Rove, mm-hmm. and by the time you got to Rove, I think you were starting to get a bit convinced. Yeah, because we flew here on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, something, um, and I def- I've got a cold since coming off that flight, so... My normal instinct, and which is what I think is happening in my body, Rebecca, I'm going to say it lots of times for you, my friend Rebecca said she, she hates, hates it when I talk about my body, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about my body all the time today. Um, yeah, so usually I'll just go, I've got a cold, because I've flown a long distance, Yeah. so your nasal passages get all dry, Yeah. recycled air and all that kind of thing. Um, the change in climate from winter like coming out of winter to coming out of summer. Yeah. It's a big change over here. Um, what's the other reason that I thought it'd be well, you had a, a you had a, oh, f- I had a flu jab. You had a flu jab in your last scan. Yeah. And they said you'll have some flu-like symptoms. Yeah. Most likely within 48 hours. Yeah. And it was a slightly delay. It's probably, what, 72 hours when you started yeah. getting them. So I went the whole time you were panicking about having the coronavirus. <laughs> I was quietly confident that you didn't. Yeah, hopefully I don't. But sure I did, I did start looking into testing, and it seems really tricky to get that sorted. Yeah, as yet, I don't sorted. fully think the Australian government have really, you know, yeah, they haven't made it easy. They're not making it easy it yet. Um, but today, we were supposed to be going to visit some babies. That's the point of this trip, that I have some close friends who've had babies. Yes. Um, but 
I thought it would be best. Well, first of all, I thought if I had coronavirus, definitely shouldn't visit them. Yeah. But even with a cold, I've postponed that. Yeah, so definitely. I, can I think it's, the, get it's better the today. polite thing to do. But I did learn that with coronavirus, um, if you are pregnant, as far as they're aware, it doesn't affect your pregnancy. No. So if you do get it, it doesn't have a vertical infection. I think that's what they said. Yes. Which just mean that you transmit you transmit it to your baby. So that's all, that's good news. Yeah. So if you get it, you're, uh, she's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although I have been doing research because I did get obsessed that I had it. Apparently in China there were quite a lot of premature births. Really? But they didn't know if that was... They don't know if that's because the mothers were stressed and the births then came prematurely or the Chinese um, hospitals were inducing births prematurely because they weren't sure about the transmission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Okay. That's, I, don't, I don't have coronavirus, so that's all fine. No, you're fine. Also, um, it'd be weird. We've spent literally the, the every second together yeah. since um, when? Probably we flew on Sunday evening from yeah. the UK. So spent all of Sunday. So all of Once Sunday together. Home, so yeah. I got home late Saturday night. Um, all Sunday. Yeah. Flying. Pretty much a week. Yeah. Literally week. non-stop together, yeah. and been travelling. And like I've I've not shown a single symptom. No. So I, I was partly thinking, unless I am some sort of superhuman immune. To coronavirus person, it'd be weird if you just had all the symptoms and I yeah. didn't. But it is that main. Th- the reason why I started getting worried about it is that main thing about the responsibility of then passing it on to other people. So like meeting yes. little babies and the fact that when we got here, we went to my parents' house and we were there for a day, which meant that that I've been in contact with my well, my mum's fine. She's been in London. She, yeah. She's got it. She's got it. But <laughs> yeah. seeing my dad. Um, yeah, so just thinking of that. But it was it has been cool. So my dad and my brother have just uh, met me as a pregnant lady. Yeah, for the first <laughs> for time. For the first time. Um, and my brother, like, it was interesting. My brother immediately touched my stomach. Yeah. And I didn't find that creepy at all. Well, didn't no. Didn't feel I... weird. Like, I, I, it was nice. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's nice because it, it was a caring moment. Yeah. But it was just, eat like, there was no... Weird, there was no weirdness about it. Like with my mum, she's still a bit. She she wants to touch it, but she's a bit tentative yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that my brother didn't freak me out. <laughs> um, so twenty five weeks pregnant. For me, this feels like this should be the halfway point. Twenty five seems like halfway, but it's not. No, got fifteen weeks to go. Yeah, I know. Now. We're on a we're on a countdown. It's so, sure. Yeah, it's so. I still keep getting caught off guard by how soon it is <laughs> yeah you know we haven't still haven't bought anything no because we're because we're here yeah we can't really buy anything until we get back yeah and yeah it's i mean i suppose there's like, i think we've just but, it'll be all it'll be battle stations once we get back to the uk but i did in this week go um baby clothes shopping for the first time so did i i bought some clothes for my friends here with their babies holy shit I can't, can't cope with how amazing the baby clothes section, how much I loved it. It's I love it. the cutest things on earth. <laughs> I bought a little Zara shirt for a friend's baby. Yeah. And, friend, and um, I, I just couldn't believe it. It's so cute. I love, I love rainbows and glitter. Basically, I could, I, my entire wardrobe that I would love to wear is in the babies. Yeah, and but that's, I think that's the difference. Two to three-year-olds Your section. stuff that you bought is very baby stuff. 
Yeah. My stuff, I what I, the shirt I bought is yeah. basically a tiny version of an adult shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I find I love. I just love that. Yeah. When you see a kid dressed as like a little cool adult. Yeah. That's what I'm most excited about. No, these things. I, I got like I got some. I got some kind of London centric outfits. Yeah. To bring um, over, but I had to. I had to resist so much, so many rainbows and so many (laughs) clothes. I did buy a really cute um, for our daughter. I bought her a really cute summer dress, but I bought it not because obviously she's going to be born in summer in the UK if we're allowed to go back to the UK. I know. Obviously, again, this is like, (laughs) but it's genuine. You know, we we have gently discussed it with each other about. There's not. It's not out of the realms of possibility that, no, we, that get, we'll be here. we get stranded here, and she yeah. has to be born in Australia. Yeah. Which you know, just because of the, there might be travel bans, we don't know what's going to happen. No. You know, every every day feels like a week at the minute with updates on this virus. <laughs> so I think we are. Yeah, that's become a possibility. Yeah. And it's not. You know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I think we're both quite weirdly chilled about the what could be ultimately the apocalypse yeah. <laughs> we both seem to yeah. just be embracing it for yeah, what it is yeah, but um, it would be strange to have her born here so I suppose in my head I'm still thinking oh she'll be a Londoner yeah born to you know knowing that she's sort of probably half Australian yeah which is that funny thing that's the same as me, you know, that I was yeah. born in London, but I was also, I was registered as an Australian born overseas. So what would happen if she's mom. born here? How it's would... fine. She's got two British parents, so she'd get British citizenship. But also Australian. Yeah. Quality. Yeah, which she's going to get anyway. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, but it's still, yeah, it wouldn't mess up. We wouldn't have to go, like, she wouldn't <laughs> have any problems getting her back into the UK. No, I think, we'd, I think we should be able to take her <laughs> I back. I don't want to smuggle my own daughter back into the UK. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so we are here. I can't remember what that train of thought it was. No, before it was we... baby clothes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a really cute dress. Yes. So I bought it um, size one and a half to two, so she has to wait till she's allowed to wear it. Yes. But my mum told me that all the clothes that were bought for me, anything that was newborn size from when I was newborn yeah. were too tiny for me. Yeah, yeah. I was too big. So I bought it in a size one and a half two because I thought next summer, yeah. which is when she's a year old... That that might be a better size yeah. for her, and then she can wear it the next summer as yeah. well. And your mum pulled out a basically a box <laughs> yeah. of old baby clothes from not only when you were young, but when she was young. Yeah, never seen. I've never known anyone hoard stuff like your mum, but not hoard yeah. in a Channel Four documentary way. No. You know, where it's like you find their body under a yeah. series of newspapers, but like she just has this very neat plastic box. And they're all folded beautifully. And she's like yeah. getting out all these lovely little baby clothes from yeah. some from 70 years ago. Yeah. And they're not like, they're sort of treasures, but they're also, I'm, I'm taking some home with well, me. Well, that's it, yeah. We've already, you, you fun went through and pulled out. for her to wear her grandmother's dress. Absolutely. Some of them that are her lovely. great grandmother made for her. Well, that's it. The fact that they're made by, I yeah, love by the my idea of her yeah. wearing those. And then things that I've worn as well. Yeah. That were my clothes. It's excellent. Yeah. So um, my family don't keep shit. Yeah. That's what I've really learned since we've been together. <laughs> just how much, how many cool like family heirlooms you have. Yeah. My family have nothing. Well, I've been, I've even started doing it a little bit. Like, I was bringing going to bring back a bunch of props from um, the show that we just did, and there was about twelve feather boas. Yeah. Because my mum 
would li- like them. Yeah. But I went, oh, no, I'm going to keep them. That's a good start to a dress-up box. I think I said put them in the bin, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. But then you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. They're no, gonna I get... know. I, 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 I can totally see the magic of it. Yeah. It's just I come from quite a... My, my family history is don't keep anything. Yeah. It's almost like being like a rolling stone, just always get rid of the past. Yeah. Just stay looking forward. Like, and I think that's really shaped me. Yeah, yeah. But I also now am, I'm seeing the positives of having some, you know, some some sort of anchor of the yeah. past in your family history to see. And, yeah. Yes. But it's nice to be able to use them as well. Like, there's those things that, that can just sit in a cupboard that yeah, don't ever... Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that I'm really into. Like, if you've got stuff... Yes. Use it. You know, my mum's got... Like, so like my mum, the amount of glassware that she's got is out of control. I know, yeah. In the fact that for our wedding... We were able to just use the glasses at home for like eighty people, <laughs> which some of those glasses I don't think have ever been used. No, they would have they would have been brought in London, been brought from London over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty five years ago. Yes. And I like looking at them at the cupboard because there's some really nice glasses. <laughs> but I've never had a chance to use them, but we got to use them for yeah. our, our wedding, and um, yeah. But this. Um, Carl, there's a there's a fruit or vegetable. Oh shit! What do you reckon? Twenty five weeks. Yeah. So what was she last week? I can't remember. Oh. Um, What's that sweet potato? Aubergine. Yeah, I think it was the massive aubergine. The massive yeah. aubergine. So this week. Or eggplant for our Australian listeners. Yes, or American. And American, yeah. Um, bigger than an aubergine. Is it a butternut squash? No. Is it near that? Sort of again, like the aubergine. I think it's a, a big, organic, a big, a big old organic. She's been a sweet potato. Yeah. Um, what could it possibly be? A big old cos lettuce. We've had a lettuce. It's sort of like a, it's called a napa cabbage. Okay. Which is a type of cabbage I've never heard of. Is it like a sort of? Um... It's one of those cone-shaped sort of oh, ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I think that's an American. It's like a Chinese name cabbage, no. No, that's kind of the frilly-ish ones. Right. Or that cone. Yeah, I don't even know what they're called. Okay. But this, you know, thirteen and a half inch long, big wow. old napa cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was last night. I felt her foot coming out for the first time. It was just put, sort of sticking out. You said, <laughs> "Come and come and feel this," and I, I was like, what, "What are you talking about?" And it was literally like normally you feel the kicks. I felt a yeah. load of kicks this morning. Um, uh, but it was the first time she sort of not just kicked but prodded against yeah. and just kept it, I don't know if it's an elbow or a foot yeah. it's almost like she was leaning it was something that felt like it was you, you could break through the seams yeah. of your stomach <laughs> or whatever which I know is a thing that happens when pe- particularly well I, I assumed in later pregnancy where you see like the a movement. foot kind of yeah. come out alien style Yes, but it surprised me when I felt that last night yeah 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 but it was cool um so on last week I did a one day acting course yes which was really fun because you were a bit a couple of days before you were a bit like yeah because we yeah because we'd had that that check in with the premature clinic and they told me to be really more careful and yeah, not yeah. climb stairs and not not do a whole load of stuff that I was a bit nervous about over overworking but by the time Friday had come around again I felt like like the coronavirus thing, I felt fine. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, don't worry about I'll that. Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, and it was so good. It was so good to do it. And when I got there, I, I reminded the teacher that I was pregnant. Yeah. And she's like, oh well, I'll put a chair. You can have a chair over there, yeah. just in case anything's a bit too physical, or you need you just need to be off your feet for a bit. 
and I didn't need it at all. And I didn't, yeah, it was, I just participated like an, I was normal. Yeah, yeah. Like there was nothing inhibiting about the fact I also was carrying a baby. Yeah. Which was really cool. It is cool. And I was very happy that I did lock in to do that because, yeah, because I nearly did check out of it because yeah. of this idea that it might be too much for me. But yeah, and even like the flight, you know. Yeah. Sort of, again, we, I think we both talked about that it might be quite uncomfortable and all that, yeah. 24 hours travelling, but you said it was fine. Yeah, it was totally fine. I, did, I mean, I did, I don't, I don't ever do those DV... DVT exercises you know yes. in the book in the in the booklets on the planes they've got some exercises and they're basically just really easy so you can do it sitting in your in your yeah, seat yeah, so you're yeah. not supposed to distract the people around you but just lifting your legs up and down and um rolling your shoulders and stuff like that because because there's extra blood in yeah, my body regular they walks. need to make sure that it's pumping drink loads of water regular walks. yeah that was the other thing that was other, anytime there was a chance to get up and go to the toilet i'd get up and yeah and the first leg we had a whole row to ourselves. yeah so it was whenever you wanted yeah second leg we had a lady on the end of our row but she was very nice yeah, and understanding yeah but um we but i'd always go to the furthest away toilet as well so you i got did, a bit yeah. more walking oh that's why you were doing that yeah I always wondered that because I'd always go to the little one on the left, the nearest one. Yeah. And you'd always walk down the end. And I just thought she must really like that toilet. But there was also a cupboard with snacks and drinks oh, right. at the back <laughs> <laughs> that I could get myself, which yeah, yeah, yeah. again is a new favourite thing from flights when you can get your own treats on the flight. That's really good. <laughs> um, and I last week as well, before we left, the day before we left London, I went to home birth class. Oh, you did. At St Mary's. Paddington um so I'd noticed in my blue maternity folder in the front that there was a there's a monthly kind of drop-in session you can go to about home birth yes and so very early on we that was something that we'd been talking about quite a bit as something we're interested in Tanya Edwards came in with Tanya until just like the merchant of doom arrived (laughs) and until also you know going to the premature clinic a bit more and having a bit more hospital interaction and being feeling a bit more in the system, I guess. Um, And that home birth sort of drifted away from being possible, I think. But I was still wanted to go just to see what what it was about and and what they were saying. Um, So I had to meet this little uh, part of the hospital, which I found. Um, And there was another, there was an American couple there and me and another pregnant woman and then two midwives and a student midwife and we all went over so the room we were supposed to be in the um, they couldn't find the key or the key had been stolen um, so we had to go over instead to a room in the new birth center at St Mary's so that yeah. was really cool because we got to see the new birthing room yeah, yeah. Um, and we had the session in there and they basically said just whatever you want to know you guys kind of lead this and yeah, we yeah. can um we can answer your questions. So the American couple sort of, they, had, they only had like an hour to be there and then they had to go and they were, and the woman was, was obviously more keen for home birth and the father was a bit more trepidatious. Oh, was, it, was it their first kid? Yeah, their first child. Um, and the, the midwife said that's often the case, that the man can be a bit freaked out about the idea yeah. of home birth, like... I, what, I guess yeah. that there's no doctors. It's again the patriarchy. I suppose that was, you know, yeah. I think mine was. I was totally open to it until mm. I think basically until Tanya. When we interviewed her and she just talked about the 
the the fact that she had hemorrhaging and things like that, yeah. that happened to her that she said if she was having a home birth she would have had to then be rushed to hospital yeah. so i just i suppose that put in me that reality of all it takes is one little thing to go wrong yeah and all of a sudden the home birth goes out the window and you've got to get to a hospital and if it if that thing is risky then i suppose yeah so it was that I hadn't really thought about the dangers until she said it. Well, going to this session totally like smoothed out any of those fears well, yeah. and made all of that seem like fears and from from an un uneducated or like a, a space where you don't actually know what happens with the home birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two midwives were amazing. Um, they they are midwives at the hospital, so they they're on a team. But there's like six of them on a team of about 20 who are who do home births but when they're not on a home birth shift then they're working in the hospital yeah, yeah, as midwives yeah. well this is what when you said it like that i remember on the phone because i remember you called yeah. me and i was driving and I, I suppose it made me just realize that it's again like it's that thing of just how you see it don't you like i in my head i was thinking well you know in a home birth it'll all be hippy dippy yeah. sort of and something goes wrong it's like right let's get to a hospital but the people in the hospital that are delivering your baby are the people that are at your house yeah whereas yeah i suppose and it must come from some traditional thing of no i want a doctor to come in in a white coat yeah. and fix things which is also what they said doesn't generally happen no, so exactly. when you give birth in a hospital whether you're, if you're in the birth center or the labor ward it's the midwives yes. that run the births yeah so if there's something where you need if you do need drugs or anything like that that's when it goes Either you go to the doctors, or they get the doctors to come and say yes. Give them that. Give them that drug. Yeah. Um, the only time you actually go to see the doctors is if it's going to cesarean, or if you're getting some sort of intervention like forceps yeah. or the vacuum thing. Yeah. So apart from that, it's midwives who who deliver your babies at the hospital anyway, um, and. They bring, so when they come to your house, they've got a whole kit that they bring with them that's got all sorts of injections and all that kind of thing. And, and they, showed, they showed a picture of it. Basically, the amount of stuff covers your bed <laughs> if, they, if they pulled yeah, everything yeah. out. Um, and so within that, that, again, that's the stuff that they would have on hand in the labour ward and yeah. in the birth centre. It's the kit that they use no matter where they are. Um, but it's not something, it's, it's just there if they need it. One of the big things that they said was that you can change your mind. Yeah. You can say, I want to have a home birth. And then any time after that, you can go, actually, no, I don't. Of course, yeah. Even on Even the on day. The, yeah, that's when you told me that as well. I was just like, well, if it's your instinct to do yeah. it, then that surely makes your mind up there to say, well, I'll do it because I know up until the day I can yeah. sort of yeah, change my mind if I suddenly get a last minute panic. And again, if it's your instinct to do it, and then it becomes your instinct not to do it, then that's absolutely fine. Yeah. And saying that um, it can be, yeah, you can be completely set up. You always have, like, they have a water bath at, at your home. Yeah. But the reason why home births, the home birth option exists and the, the, the why they have these sessions and things like that is because they want women to be able to give birth where they want to give birth. Yes. But also to be able to do that safely and with support. And that's why... That's there. Yeah. So when you when you say yes, you want a home birth. There's a team of midwives. You will have a kind of main one who's you, who you yeah. is your contact one. But any any one of them or plus plus a community midwife who is actually another midwife who works on the ward um, will attend your birth. So you'll have two midwives at your house. 
just there for your birth. Yeah. If you're on the ward, you've got people coming and going. You don't have that same kind of attention. Yes. Just for you. Um, the women in this session, uh, there was a woman who came in and talked to us. Who had her baby six weeks ago with home birth. She'd had, it was her third child, the two before she'd had in the labour ward. And with the home birth, um, she, yeah, she just talked us through what her yeah, experience yeah. was and how much she loved it. Um, but the previous times, the reason why she hadn't had home birth is because you, if your waters break and you haven't got into labour 24 hours after that, even if you want to have a home birth and you're set up, you have to go into the hospital yeah. because infection becomes too um, possible. Right. So that the other, the other pregnant woman who was there, that had happened to her with her last birth. Yeah, yeah. She had the whole thing set up, the water and everything all the plastic everywhere, yeah. and then had to go into hospital because it wasn't safe. Yes. Um, so the midwives who are with you, they will make those calls as well. They have a phone number that's a direct number to an ambulance who are obs- like trained with obstetrics. Yeah. So the team who come out, if there's a problem, they're going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got all the gear to help deal with it. Plus they... Um, uh, they, the, the, the midwives who are there with you at home if there does look like there's something happening they say generally it takes a while for it to progress for example if a baby gets stuck or something like that but they're, they're well aware of what that progression is and so the first sign of it if it looks like it's going to be a problem then they will yeah. get the ambulance to come and you'll be blue lighted to hospital <laughs> is what I learned is a term um, I just I mean I just I just really loved it. It definitely feels like an option yeah. for me and for us. Um, well, yeah, I, I, that was. I mean, from the word go, genuinely, I think it was. It, I, that was in my mind probably going to be what we were doing. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until we had that show with Tanya. Yeah. It shows how easily swayed I am. But I, I think up until that point, I was like, I think we'll end up doing it at home. The things that so but also that, sorry and also and that before I learned about uh, birth centres. Yeah, I suppose in my mind, I assumed it was home birth or quite a sterile-looking ward. Yeah, like with them, you know, big lights above. Yeah, and in my head, I think we definitely would rather it at home than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it was learning about yeah maybe there were some risks and then seeing like the birthing centre which looked so nice. Yeah, I think I suddenly went all right. I understand the pros of being there if that's if you've got any worries ask the nincompoops it's the show where kids ask us the questions they want answered and we answer the questions that the kids ask did bacon or pigs come first bacon Bacon. are you not listening it couldn't be simple liar liar pants on fire oh Oh, your pants on fire did you know that hold on my pants are on (laughs) sorry that's just pure coincidence (laughs) you haven't learned a thing Ask the Nincompoops. Great big owl. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the things was because we're in London, you know, um, ambulances... I can see how potentially if you lived further away and you were yeah, having a home yeah. birth from a hospital, there might be more concern because an ambulance is going to take longer Definitely. to get to you. It's going to take you longer to get back to hospital. But then one of these midwives, Angela, was saying she used to work in Kent and there the rate of home birth <clears throat> is about 5-6% Yeah. to people who are much more rural from hospitals. In our area in London, it's only 1.2% of births yeah. are home births. I wonder why that is. Because people don't want to do it. Right. But there's also a thing about, there's some statistic, which is 40% of planned home births don't happen at home. Yeah. And the midwives were saying that that, statistics, that statistic includes people deciding they don't want to do it. Okay. It's this whole, this, this whole range of yeah. reasons. It it's makes not it just sound like, like it's just, it went wrong. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, see, that, yeah, that sort of stat is the sort of thing that would scare me off. Yeah. But I suppose, yeah, that's why it, yeah, it needs to be contextualised. And with this team at um, St Mary's, out of the six midwives, Angela was saying three of them, between the three of them, they have 100 years of experience as oh, midwives. So many years. Yeah. <laughs> so they know what they're doing. And with the hemorrhaging thing, so there's an inject. if you're going to hemorrhage, there's some injection that they give you and um, it's something like you can lose a pint of blood before it becomes really bad yeah. basically they've got the same stuff again that they would have on the ward and that's the one they'd be giving it you mm-hmm. giving it to you at the birth center yeah. anyway or whatever yeah and yeah i mean i thought i think you know i feel i feel like yeah the pendulum swung a bit back yeah we might still we might still change our mind and we might not that was another thing is because i'm forty thousand years old yeah. um <laughs> that it might not be an option that, yeah. that, that might push me into a and high risk category with the fact there is a pandemic by the time we get back to london the the city yeah they might Sort of, they might avoid, they might want people to do it at home to save yeah, going exactly. to hospital. Well, so you know, there's, we, yeah, I think it's now with what's happening medically yeah. in the world. I think, I think we have to, yeah, I think people are probably going to have to be a bit more, uh, yeah. you know, free and flowing with their decision making. Another thing, I was like, apparently it's really good because in your home you've got your own bacteria and natural flora. Which one's the animal? Flora or fauna? Flora. Oh, yes. <laughs> flora is the bacteria. Your home has your own natural flora in it, so yeah, it's the yeah. safest environment for your baby to come into. Yeah, it would be so I was nice like, as well. What, do you, I'm like, do you have to do anything to your house? Do you, like, do you have to sterilise it? And they were like, nope, don't the do opposite. a thing. Mm-hmm. Keep it, roll around a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go out in the garden, get dirty, roll around. Yeah, <laughs> leave um, the dishes in the, yeah. in the sink. Um, Just keep it all out there. Because, no, I mean, that that would be my, my in my mind, mm-hmm. if you said to me what would be... How would you imagine the ideal birth yeah. of your daughter? I definitely would think it would be at home, you know, in a pool, preferably with you not having it too long and painful a birth, yeah. as, as easy going as possible. This is like ideal. I yeah, know yeah. It's, everything always changes, but, and yeah, it would be at home. Yeah. Back doors open into the garden. Yeah. Some, some of my hippie music playing. Yeah. Bit of incense. Yeah. 
love it. Um, an interesting thing I learned about, like, you don't get into the pool until the very end. Yeah, either. I you just chill out in it, like, no. a, like a hot tub until the They're baby like, you comes just, like, you kind of, you, you do it, you do, you do your business for a while, and then yeah. when it's close, then you get in the pool. And also, I remember, was it Esther Manito was mm-hmm. telling us about when she had a shower and how nice that was, Yeah, how much that relieved pain. Like, mm-hmm. again, in my mind, the thought of, like, you know, you being able to just go into our shower, like, things like that, just the more... The more comfortable you are, yeah. That rather than just going to a hospital shower, yeah. Just it'd be yeah. nice if you just walk into our shower. You go in every day. A, sh- a hospital chairs. The little so you ha- you've got such a weird aversion to <laughs> the place we shower stayed at chairs. Last night. Yeah, yesterday the Airbnb, had, <laughs> it, the Airbnb we stayed in had a lot of it had great access for, you know, the, yeah. the, the it had the biggest. Like, it had a separate toilet to bathroom. Yeah. But the toilet was the biggest I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, like, yeah. It was such they a... Adored it was almost like a sort of, yeah, proper disabled toilet in a bar or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you'd see your... Every time... I've, I don't know anyone who hates shower chairs more than you. <laughs> yeah. It's something like... It's definitely It one must be hospital. some childhood trauma. Some, yeah, it's like... It's that... Pl- it's the plastic... Do you know what, actually? Definitely, when we were in, went to Japan when I was in year 10... Ugh... We went to those communal bath, like we went yeah, to communal yeah, yeah. baths. So we all wore our bathers because we we're in year ten, and we weren't going to get naked because yeah. we weren't psychos. <laughs> but we went out to this little bit. You, you sat on these plastic chairs to. Um, oh yeah, they're yeah. kind of like those. This little I've been steps. to them onsens. We yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Like a little, you know, when kids have to stand or a potty, they look like that yes. sort of low to the ground. And there was one that had a little green um, old lady poo on it. Oh God. <laughs> I went to one of them in uh, Kyoto, mm. and yeah, it was one where you had to be naked, but you could bring a little flannel around to cover your bits when yeah. you're sitting down. And yeah, I scrubbed myself on one of them. And then there was one of them electric baths. Have I told you about them? No. I went in it. It was, um, I forgot what it's called. It's called like a, a bonky, no, a, oh, I'm, I'm going to say something. <laughs> it's got a weird like danky burro, that's what it yeah. is. Uh, a bonky, <laughs> a burro, uh, danky burro, I'm sure that's yeah. how it's said. Um, and it's a little tiny one-man bath, and this, this was in an all-men's uh, onzen, and you sit in it, and there is an electrical plate at the front, yeah. an electrical plate behind you, you sit in the middle, and it passes an electric current oh. through the water, so it feels like, you're, feels like your whole body's like licking a battery, and I don't know what the health benefits are, I'm sure you're not meant to go in it if you've got any heart problems, or, but I just, um, I got in it, and it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah, how long did you stay in it for? For quite a while, I got used to it. Yeah, what happened though? There was a thing where you, the, if you move back towards the back plate, it gets so intense and you can't deal with it, and you have to sit forward. But we just took it in turns to go in it, and it was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's what I'm saying is, I, I, yeah. Did you have on, to sit on a gross chair to be in it? No, that it was that was made of like <laughs> tiles. Once you're in it, it was yeah. built in. But yeah, the little chair you had to sit in to wash was pretty gross. Yeah, but it's fine. I don't have the sort of aversion to it that you do. Yeah, really. <laughs> I really can't handle that. Oh, don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of... I'm not saying we should get a shower no. chair. Although, I'm sure Felicity said that. No, what did she She said we had to get a non-slip mat yeah. at some point. Sit, I mean, I suppose... is it? It's nothing. So it's nothing to do with the actual concept of sitting in the shower. Because I've done that bit. so many times hungover. Oh, yeah, I don't mind sitting on the ceramic. Like, if I have yeah, to sit yeah. down in the shower... I've lied down on the floor in our <laughs> shower, being so hungover. <laughs> I can imagine myself lying down, but I wouldn't like to lie down on the floor in a hospital shower. No, me, me neither. No. Okay. Yucky. But but again, I've been fine 
with going to these hot be, go, be going to the bleh, been fine at the hospital. <laughs> this is you've, the last couple of days. You said you started to get yeah. what is quite stereotypically called baby brain, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But we've sort of you've the last couple of days you've had a few moments where you've said you think you're actually getting it. Yeah, I've just I done a, a few little, little dumb things. It, it? Yeah. But obviously, obviously, I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you heard that that last non-sentence. That was fine. Um. So yeah, that's the home birth thing. That was a really big yeah. part of the week. Um, so we basically, when we get back to Australia, I think they want you to tell someone as soon as possible if you do want to do it, because then you get to start meeting the midwives. That's yeah, another yeah, thing, yeah. just about it's just about the relationship as well. And you said they were very nice. Yeah, I loved, you them. loved them. I loved them. I really loved them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, when I told them my postcode, they're like, "You're ours," and I was like, "What?" Because we're with Queen Charlotte's Hospital. And Queen Charlotte's and St. Mary's are um, combined yeah. under Imperial Trust. Um, and they were like, no, you're ours. You're, you're one of ours. <laughs> so if I did decide to do it, I could get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm sure the Queen Charlotte's ones are really nice as well. Um, and they did say, like, sometimes they will swap, they will help each other out if there's... Because that was one thing you asked me. What if there's no one available? Yeah. And you need to have a baby and no one can come. Oh, God. And I said, because then they... have got to deliver it. Because they... Well, they say you're much more hands-on as well. That they, yeah. One of the things... And, and in the Ina May Gaskill book that I read, the birth stories one, and that kind of the farm and having babies there, how part of being a midwife is actually sitting back and letting it happen. Yes. And not getting too involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was almost like um, Monique was saying on the yeah Monique, with Josh um, being Howie the... was saying yeah that Josh they sort of they they were very they sort of allowed it them to to mm-hmm. get on with it and which I, I again I like the sound of I like the, the sound of being actually involved rather than just sitting there holding your hand and going you're doing very well yeah you know that sort of traditional that old traditional role was the bloke wouldn't even be there yeah, show up at the end have a cigarette outside yeah. and meet your child yeah and then it went to like a bit more hands on be there. Um, and I think now it's quite, yeah, I quite like the idea of being involved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm into that as well. Cool. Um, and apparently the midwives, they stay around until two hours after the birth. They clean everything up. Oh, right. I was going to just say, just hang this chill. We'll just watch a couple of episodes sure. of yeah, <laughs> Succession. Just, just like, oh my God, I need to watch more Succession. Um, <laughs> and with the cleanup, that was another Tanya thing. She was like, oh, imagine, I don't want to, you wouldn't want a home birth. Why? Yeah. You'd have to clean it up. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I never actually thought about that. It's not like the midwife's going to deliver the baby at home and then just leave and just yeah. go right. You guys can clear up. We just got a newborn baby. Yeah, yeah. We'll come and pick up our stuff once you've cleaned up. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to do so it. They said what they do. Um, the when you so when you pump the pool up, you get water in the pool. It goes to thirty-seven degrees. Stays thirty-seven yes. degrees. When you have to deflate the pool, basically, you, and you can put use that pool in whatever room in your house where it fits. Yeah. Or where you feel most comfortable. In um, the garden. I don't know about in no. the garden. Uh, we've got all our plants though, so it's kind of like being in the garden. Yes, true. Then you attach a, a hose to the um, pool and you pump into your toilet, and that's what gets all the wow. baby water and blood Ooh, and everything out yucky. of it. <laughs> and then, then they said there's some bits left at the bottom, but there's a lining, and you just fold it off and put it in the bin. Oh, really? Yeah. What, where, where's the placenta in all this? I don't, that's come out. I don't know what... I don't know. I didn't ask about in the placenta. In my smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yuck. <laughs> a little bit. 
Yeah. I'm yeah, genuinely yeah. starting to come around to this idea of doing some weird thing. Yeah, I'm sure there's a ritual. Get the barbecue going. Get it on. Light a fire. Dance around it. Eat it. <laughs> this is in the two hours they're still there. <laughs> no, I think so they, they should, report me to the I think they should have left before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm probably sure they've seen weirder things. I'm sure, you know. I'm not, not too much weird. <laughs> that would be up there. Get your cape on and your special stick out. <laughs> yeah, which are real things special for listeners. Stick, yeah. That sounds yeah. like you're taking a minute. I have got a cape and a special stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, let's see. Let's see if that's what happens. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, at the minute, I think it's quite fun thinking yeah, really about it. But we know that there's... We don't know what's good, what the yeah. next couple of months have in store for the but NHS. I, and, yeah, or I, even if we're going to get back to have it... as part with the NHS I think if anyone's interested in a home birth and there are these sessions like just go and find out about it and 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 talk to the people at the hospital who do that and who who offer that service because they were they were they were pretty amazing women yeah I really liked them a lot um with the hospital as well I learned a thing I can't remember if I talked about this last week but that we've had no doctor's appointments. <laughs> yeah, we didn't realise. <laughs> yeah, so apparently every time we have a scan, then we're supposed to go and have a doctor's, see the doctor or something afterwards. But that wasn't made clear to us at so, any yeah. point. So we've just been going for scans and then just... Then just going, yeah, just going home. <laughs> but we're supposed to... Like, so we've kind of had no doctor care. <laughs> we've had loads of scans. Yeah, so we've almost millions of scans. had too much of one thing. Yeah. None of the other. Yeah. So there's, so in terms of kind of making any sort of birth plans or being referred to, any, yeah, we don't, we haven't done any of that, no. and we were supposed to be doing that. So we've got our first one booked for thirty four weeks. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> yeah. this baby's coming out in a few weeks. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. And I think that's another thing we've realised. Yeah, just about this thing of we still don't know anything. No. Yeah, which we have, I think we have discussed. But I think as, and I hope listeners would probably get this sense, we don't know anything, but it all, it ticks along. Yeah. Obviously, there's examples, loads of examples and cases where things do go wrong. And, you know, that's, it's, everyone has a different journey and it's, Mm. you know, it's really sad when people have genuine difficulties and things. But like, you know, most pregnancies tick along quite nicely then a baby's born yeah that's hundreds of thousands of years of, yeah, yeah. of humans being made like so I, I do think yeah even though we don't know anything and we've just been charting the course yeah actually the underlying thing is everything's been fine yeah and it's I don't think sort of even overstate. even with sort of be, having precautions and being well when she was too big yeah and it found out oh, it leveled out yeah your cervix has fluctuated, but yeah. it's not—it's not got to a worrying point. Like, there's yeah. loads of times where we've had little moments. We're, I do an IVF. You never think IVF will actually work and yeah. work. So we've had little hurdles, but I think, yeah, I think what I've learned is to just try and switch off any of that anxiety and yeah. just trust that nature will do what it does. Yeah, which is kind of what that thing of my acupuncturist said early on. You know, the baby's going to do what it's wants to do what it's going to do yeah you can't there's not much from the outside that you can really I mean you can affect it but if you're behaving negatively but if you're kind of looking after yourself yeah you you don't know how it's going to go um I also think I didn't say the other day that 
I had a urinary tract infection. Oh, yeah. When I'd gone to one of my scans and I said I had to do another lots of wheeze, which I thought was normal because because of my bladder, like whatever, the organs were moving. She was like, I'll just test, I'll just test it. And it came back and I, I did have a UTI. So then I had, and because, I'm going to say it, with the progesterone, um, it's all kind of, it's waxy. Yeah. So when you go to the toilet, there's often kind of waxy discharge oh. in there. <laughs> and the colour of it is, can be strange. Like, I guess it's a bit more cloudy, but I thought that was just because of the waxy stuff yeah. from the progesterone. But yeah, I did have a UTI, so I had to be on penicillin, which I finished. And I'm still on the progesterone. Yes. Taking drugs. Although you did forget to put it put it up there last night, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You did it this I remembered morning. on the plane, though. <laughs> that was pretty funny to go away and do that and come back to my seat. <laughs> um, I realised as well that I think there's some things that we plan to do that we haven't done. Like, I remember very early on I said I was going to read the complete works of Shakespeare uh, yeah. out loud. I haven't started doing no. that. I was... I. I've still I've been making notes. Yeah. You know, I, I downloaded an app that I've sort of been keeping a very loose journal. When I say journal, I mean, that's meant to be every day. I'm talking like when I think of something, I'll put it in. I've not done one for like a week. Yeah. But my plan was to keep a proper journal and then turn it into some sort of book. Yeah. So that's not really happened. But, you know, I think I've still I've, I've got the basics of notes. Yeah. So I could, I reckon I've, I could go back and fill in the gaps. Well, yeah, we could we could be on quarantine. Exactly. If we get stranded in Australia, uh, I won't, yeah. Quarantine, then you can... I'll have about a month to just... Then you can write. To write my memoirs. Um, I, oh, and one thing, I, I talked about maternity pay ages ago, so I finally looked back at yes. that, which I need to get yeah. sorted and happening um, now. Uh, you were telling me, so you've started reading your book again. Well, yeah, so it's a book I've mentioned now about four episodes. So I keep getting distracted and reading other books. Finally, I brought it with me last couple of days. I've got really into it again. It's um, Dr. Gordon Newfield and Gabor Mate's Hold On To Your Kids, Why Parents Need To Matter More Than Peers. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it, actually. I forgot. If I, started, I really loved it. It's the one. It's small print and small oh, spacing. It's a long, old one. Yeah, but it's, um, I loved it when I started it. First quarter of the book, I was like, yeah. oh, this, I'm really into it. And then I got distracted by other things. And every time I'd try and pick it up again, I was in a bit that was a little bit clunky. Yeah. Or a bit, you know, I just wasn't into as much. When I yeah, yes, last couple of days I've really, really loved it. I was telling you earlier on about a little thing. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it was something. Oh, the, one of my favourite things was I was telling you yesterday when I was in the bath reading it. Yeah. About um, manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's this bit where it basically says like yeah. modern parenting tends to be either um, you know to to get kids to do something, you either reward them or punish them if they don't do it. So you re- reward them if they do, punish if they don't. And actually, if you look at that fundamentally, it's, that's uh, manipulation. And coercive control. And is coercive control. Is that, but, and, that, and that makes it sound like it's a bigger thing than it is. But what, like, what I think they're saying is no one who learns anything under duress really learns it, do they? No. You know, you don't, if you, to teach someone manners, you don't punish them when they don't act like that. Because then they're not learning to do it for the right reasons. The value of what, what yeah. Why so they, it just talks about being quite wary of that when you are. You know, obviously it's necessary sometimes. You know, in the extreme cases, you have to sometimes put boundaries in where you're like, if you don't do this, this will happen. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the standard, which yeah, yeah. I think a lot of modern parenting is. So I know, and I'm not. I know it's it's very easy for me to sit here saying that we haven't even got the 
you know, a daughter yet. She's still yeah. very much in your body waiting to come out. My body. In your body. <laughs> um, but um, I just really love that, just that as a, as a little rule to try and stick to, to not use that manipulation yeah. as, the, as the first port of call. Yeah. Always try and keep it as natural as possible. Well, I've always liked that particularly reward and kind of that sort of thing as you know in terms of relationships with food how often dessert or sweets or things like that can be a reward for good behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's a way that it gets into your brain that oh this is this is what I do if I'm yeah, good yeah, like yeah, yeah, I deserve yeah. this I've been really good I can eat this <laughs> yeah I can eat this stuff which is which is what can create bad relationships yeah so it taught I'm trying to think food. I can see it here they did some tests um about oh I can't remember hang on monetary rewards one group was to receive a monetary reward each time a puzzle was solved the other was given no external incentive once the payment stopped the paid group proved far more likely to abandon the game yeah they wouldn't so give a shit thing. yeah they don't because they lost the reason to do it they, yeah. they associated with doing something with getting that reward so I th- yeah I really just like that that's why I've, I've always found that interesting about um, <laughs> English quiz shows yeah. You can have something like pointless or countdown or letters and numbers. Yeah. Where you don't you win a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah, That's a shit prize. But people still go on. But it. you want to do it because you want to be it. be good at that game. Yes. The same as pointless. Like you might get a prize like it, it raises incrementally, but it's fifteen hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. pounds or something. Compared to something like the chase where you're paying for playing for eighty grand. Yeah. But you're not gonna win it because the Questions are simpler. Yes. A bunch of dum dums go on it who think they know those answers, <laughs> and they and they don't. Yeah. That is another example of this yes. same theory. So when we have a daughter, I'm going to try and try and teach her rather than um, co- like coerce her into doing things. Yeah. Okay, Carl. Thanks. You've been very good. Now I'll get let you have your ice cream <laughs> from doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, thank you all for listening. You've all been very good as well, and you can go and have your ice creams <laughs> for listening to the whole thing. Uh, please come and say hi on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at CheggersPod, um, or you can email us as well at CheggersPod at gmail dot com. Give us a review if you wanna. Yeah, um, I think that's how we're people here. do it nowadays, aren't they? <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> nowadays, all on the internet. Yeah, give, us, give us that reward. No, you don't have to. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, we need to open the windows and doors yes, it here because it's, it's warm. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Hello, you. My name is Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives, so they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, Dave, it's were you yawning at the start of that sentence? Then was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl Isolation Podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Ruler Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your Musicals, your Bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting. Because let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bell. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F E A three seven oh nine oh oh oh. That's our Twitter name.